Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, everyone. This is Jennifer O'Neill, and we are back today with another show. Have you ever had a spirit poke you? This will be a fun topic. Um, I like talking about this. There's a lot to talk about. Just as always, for anybody who's calling in, because I usually have callers, I'm going to get through the information. And if I have time to take questions, I may take questions, but the most important part for me is to make sure that you guys get the information, so there'll mostly be a lot of talking. So, anyways, spirit poking. Have you ever been poked by a spirit? And I ask this topic. I actually hear this a lot. Excuse me. I actually hear this a lot. And I mean literally poked. Like it feels like something's poking you. That is really, really common is is actually, it's really common. And so I thought that I would talk about some different ways that spirits communicate with you and why they do it, when they do it, why they choose the times that they're doing it. Do that, does it mean something if they're poking you at this time or that time or whatever? So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. One of the things that's going to really kind of feed this conversation is most of the times spirits communicate with you at night. People meditate. They try to raise their vibration. They try to do all these different things. They get frustrated because they can't hear them. They don't think that they're communicating with them. They don't hear them during a meditative state. Um, Their whole body's relaxed. They're asking to hear from them. They're asking for signs or signals. And during the daytime, people get really frustrated because they feel like spirits are not communicating with them as much as they try. They can be trying for a year, two years, whatever. The thing is, they can try to communicate with you during the daytime, but they communicate with you different than you think that they do. Daytime and nighttime spirit communication is usually different. The veil thins at night. So when a spirit is trying to communicate with you during the daytime, what happens is there's a lot of what I guess I would kind of explain to you as white noise energetically. So what that means is it would be kind of like if you were in more of a soundproof room in your house or like um, thick walls with like some really good insulation and maybe you're in one room and you have a friend in the other room and you're trying to communicate through the walls. Daytime with all the activity, because everybody holds energy in their body, they're being very active, the energetic realm and the veil is thicker. It's very, very thick and it's very strong. So it's like being trying to communicate with somebody when you're in a thicker walled room. You can't hear very well. It's muffled. You're not sure if you're hearing what they're saying. You're not sure if they're even saying anything and maybe it was other exterior noise. It becomes, there's a lot of energetic white noise. So that's one of the first things that people should realize when they're, especially because a lot of people meditate during the daytime and that's when they get really frustrated. And so daytime is white noise. As the veil thins, as people um, sleep or everything starts calming down energetically, that white noise dies down. Everything becomes a lot more quiet energetically. And so what happens is the walls 
that you're in, like are the walls, the, the veil, it becomes a lot thinner. So imagine that maybe at nighttime you're in a room that has maybe one piece of sheetrock. And so, or even, it, it, depending on some of you guys, it could be even not like a piece of sheetrock. It could be like a curtain, like an actual drapery or something. And it, when that happens, can you can hear the spirits. You can hear them whisper. You can They can touch through the curtain. It's a lot easier to get through and communicate between this curtain as it is between a very thick padded wall. Now, not all of that has to do with um, the white noise type of stuff of the environment around you, of wherever it at, where your daytime. Not all of it has to do with your external outside environment, but it also has to do with your internal energetic environment, so your soul and where it's at, how the vibration level is, what's happening. <clears throat> Most people, they, you know, they're on their phones, they're they're very preoccupied, they're multitasking. Even if they do calm down to a meditative state, you don't calm down to a meditative state that you do when you're in that that sleep that's kind of in and out of sleep or what I would call a light sleep. You don't because you still have some very um uh, you still have resistance, some very conscious resistance going on. Whether you know about it or don't know about it, you're not really open to all the possibilities of the world, all the possibilities energetically. And so you have a lot going on in your internal soul vibration and what's happening with that energetic white noise. When you start to fall asleep, when you start to relax into a dream state, and this is something that people may or may not know, hopefully you know because you've listened to me, when you start relaxing into a dream state, what happens is your vibration naturally raises. You prepare yourself to astral travel. You prepare yourself to separate from the physical world. You almost allow yourself to be open to all of the possibilities of the world being anything because you're you're used to and you're open to dream states. So you know that crazy things happen in your dreams. You relax into it. You relax into just allowing whatever dream to come through and whatever. So two things happen. You relax your mind enough and you relax your vibration enough or raise your vibration enough. You relax your body enough is what I mean. You raise your vibration enough to where it can pull out. And so you separate your physical and your spiritual and so then you do astral traveling, you do connecting, you do all these kinds of things. So not only is the veil thin, sorry, not only is the veil thin, but you've raised your vibration and let all your mental blocks vanish because you're you're tired and you're relaxing your brain and your mind. So two things happen at nighttime when that happens. When that happens a lot of spirit, physical things can be happening to you. Um, you can feel a spirit poking you or touching you. Touching your feet is really common. Uh, just poking you it, somehow, like poking your arm, poking your back, um, doing something like that. Again, they like to touch feet, uh, like, um, I don't know, like either either just touch your toes, touch your foot somehow. 
moving your hair is really common. Like if you feel your hair moved, like almost like you're you were little or something, and your mom kind of brushes the hair out of your eyes or pulls it back or you know just brushes lightly against your hair and moves it. That's super common. Um, th- whispering your name. That's another really common thing. It's um, usually your name that they're whispering. And many times it can sound like somebody, you know, who is next to you, if you have a partner or whoever is sleeping next to you. Um, And a lot of times people wake up and realize that those people are sleeping. Sitting on the edge of the bed is another one that's really common. It's that people think or feel like somebody comes and sits next to them or they can feel the weight. They can feel the weight, and, of course, they look and nobody's there. Um, Either near the edge of the sides of their bed or near the foot of their bed, that's really, really common as well. Another thing that's common, now those things that I talked about, the spirit poking, the moving of the hair, the whisper, and the sitting on the bed, those four things are directly, directly related to your spirit guide and or spirits trying to communicate with you. And... Basically, they're not really trying to communicate any type of message because I have people say that all the time. Well, what what type of message are they trying to convey and why would they do that? And I'm not really getting it. And now I feel like I'm missing missing a whole message. They're basically trying to let you know that they're there. Um, They're letting you know that there's something on the other side. They're letting you know that they're watching out, they're looking after you, that you have something or someone on the other side of the veil. Also, they love to do that to let you know and open your mind to there is something more than what you're physically seeing because your brain can't make sense of that. You know, when you're, someone's poking you or moving your hair, whispering, um, you're you're very open to hearing and, and taking all that in at nighttime much more open than you are in the daytime. If so, in how I can explain that to you is if then during the daytime you're even watching TV or doing something you feel somebody poke you, you feel like something pokes you or you feel like your hair gets moved or something like that, you, you're going to brush it off immediately. You're not even going to give it two thoughts. You're going to be like, oh, that was weird. I must have felt something like that, you know, like, that that must have been my imagination. That must have been this. That must have been that. You're going to brush it off and explain it away so fast that there's no impact made. If they can get your attention at night when you're in that lucid dreaming state or just that lucid state, you you actually it's way more impactful and um, in showing you their presence. And so that's another reason that it's done at night. So it's done at night because the veil is thinner energetically in your environment um the your own vibration raises naturally whether you believe about it whether you care about it whether you try it whether you don't your vibration naturally raises at nighttime when you get into that lucid sleep and they do about it they do it at nighttime because you you calm your own you calm your own self you calm your own you you, you let your mind calm down you let it be open to the possibilities of other things happening. So there's a lot of different stuff. You know, people don't realize, too, electronics, like when you're working with a lot of electronics during the daytime, and I don't think I don't think you can go to, into a restaurant anymore. I swear to God, 
um, I, I actually look for it now because it's so crazy. Everybody's on their phones. It's like the most incredibly weird, amazing thing to me that you have all these people right in front of you, but yet you're more concerned about what's happening on Facebook and, you know, what other people are doing in your life, which I don't get because I think if you really want to know what those people are doing, shouldn't you be sitting in front of them? So there's a lot of times, well, any most times, every time we go out to a restaurant, I'll look around and dates, families, they're all on their phones. It's crazy. But people don't realize that electronics, computers, phones, um, anything of those natures, um, TVs, they produce a different type of energy in white noise as well, energetic white noise. In fact, it's pretty intense. So I do work around computers a lot of the daytime, but I I feel the energy from the computers, and so I have to have them out of my room at nighttime because it really makes me edgy. And so, again, that would be the difference between the daytime and the nighttime. A lot of you work around computers. A lot of you have TVs, radios, things like that going. Phones, pretty much everybody has their face in a phone most of the time. And so you're getting a lot of white noise with all of these electronics. When you remove them out of your presence, put them away, shut your computer down, plug your phone in, whatever, it's also removed from you and your little energetic bubble, which also allows that white noise to calm down. So that's another thing that people don't realize. One of the things that I do want to get to um, that also is very common is people talk a lot about having um, something, feeling like something's strangling them, they can't breathe, or something sitting on their chest and it's really heavy at night. So like the same way that they feel like something might be sitting on the bed, um, the same way they feel like something's sitting on their chest, and sometimes they sort of wake up or in a lucid state, think that they see something dark or demonistic or whatever, uh, you know, it may be, but it scares them. Um, the other thing people will say that's pretty common is bed shaking. Like if you wake up and you can feel your bed like shake, like, and so that totally freaks them out. A, a lot of those things I'm going to blame uh, scary movies that kind of blow that out of proportion because bed shaking, feeling like somebody's sitting on your chest, feeling like you can't breathe, that sort of thing, um, they're actually two different things. The feeling like you can't breathe a lot of times, and I know people are going to be like, oh, you're crazy, whatever, um, is actually a lot of times that's some type of sleep apnea. People gasping for breath, waking up, feeling like they can't breathe. You don't realize that what happens during you with you at nighttime, but that gasping part, that not being able to breathe, is at some point in time you kind of stopped breathing for half a minute or half a second or whatever, and it can wake you up because that's just how sleep apnea works. Now, I've actually had that happen to me several times, and I hear and see spirits all the time, but I definitely separate the two because they're very different feelings, and it's very, very noticeable that that's not the same thing. Heavy chest. Heavy chest is related to astral travel. Everybody astral travels. If you don't know what that means, it means that your spirit separates from your physical body. Um, and you can basically, that's when you go into other spiritual realms, 
You can literally physically travel from one place to another very quickly. So you separate from your physical body. You're not separated like you're never going to find your physical body, so don't worry about it. Because even if you're worried about it, you do it anyway. So there's no point in being worried about it. You're still fine. You're still alive. Um, You're actually uh, attached by an energetic cord. Cannot be broken. Don't worry about what you do. It's just, it's a fact. It's not going to be broken. It's not going to happen. And your spirit goes out and does its thing and comes back. If you wake up during any of these times, during astral travel events, if you wake up before getting into your body, you will feel a heaviness on your chest. You will feel, it, it feels very weird. You feel heavy. You can feel paralyzed. The paralyzed part usually happens more time in the daytime with people, which is interesting than it does at nighttime. Um, but you will feel like you cannot move. You will be able to be looking at your, well, you can't move. It's I, I used to ask for travel all the time in the daytime. Um I constantly, I was very aware, I was a very different astral traveler because I'm very aware when I astral travel all the time. And so when I would be aware that I would be astral traveling during the daytime, especially if I took a nap when I had like kids, like babies, or when they got older and you're trying to, again, nap because you got up really early, um, I, the minute I would be aware I was astral traveling because I was always so conscious when I was out of my body, I would run around the house or wherever I was trying to tell people, my husband, my kids, whatever, to wake me up because I knew what was going to happen. I knew I was going to wake up while I was half in and half out of my body. I wasn't going to be able to move. It was this whole long process. I hated it. It was very just energetically draining. And But I just got used to it. I stopped napping in the daytime because I hated it so much. But anyways, yeah, when you have that paralysis, you it's astral travel. You're not quite in your body. Once you get completely back in your body, you'll be able to move and function. You you will feel like you're in your body sometimes. You'll be able to, you'll feel like you're seeing um, your body and whatnot, but you're actually many times not seeing it from being in your physical body. You're seeing it from outside your body. It's just very hard for people to discern the difference unless you're kind of advanced. Um, so the heavy chest, the shaking of the bed, and the sleep paralysis is all astral traveling. Again, you do it three times roughly a week or more. Um, I would say people actually do it more than three times a week. And that's another interesting thing that brings up another point with spirit communications when they're speaking with you, what they're trying to get across. Because when you're in a dream state or when you are astral traveling, that is many times when you go to uh, see other spirits on the other side. Um, Or you could also actually, I remember when my um, grandma was getting ready to pass away, I was very much in her. I went to her hospital room, and it was in a. It's on the mainland. I was in there. I was very much seeing everybody who was in the room, um, like the doctors, nurses, whatever. When they would come and go, I was talking to her. I came up straight out of the hospital room, flew all the past the United States, flew till I got to um, the top of the Hawaiian Islands, and then found my specific island, came closer and closer, found my specific part, found my specific house. And I have very good memories of, I mean, like very vivid memories of every time I do these types of astro travels. But 
when you're in that state, you could also see loved ones that have passed on who are talking to you sitting on a bench. And the interesting thing about that is they don't feel like a dream. They feel very real. And almost all the time, I would say 90-some percent of the time when you dream of a loved one who's passed on, uh, in our house we call them spirit visits. And when my kids were little, they'd be like, Grandma came to visit or whatever because they're spirit visits. They, they're when that they're trying to make contact with you to let you know that they're okay or they're checking in or they're there during a huge event in your life or whatever, um, that's a very good time where they're doing, where they're, you're very open and very susceptible to having spirit communication. So you will dream about them. Now, if you don't dream about them, that's the thing that really gets people upset. Um, the more that you just are really pressing yourself to dream about them, of course, that tends to put up a block, so it's kind of like a catch-22. You have to be open to it, but not, like, needing that in your life to make sure that they're okay. In that case, they'll communicate with you in other ways, which I'm kind of getting to the end of the show, so we may have to make another show out of that. Um, daytime. So here's another thing that I wanted to clarify. So we talked a lot about how spirits try to communicate with you at nighttime, and usually, like I said, it's the physical aspect. It's coming to you in a dream state but they're basically trying to just let you know that they're there. They're not usually trying to give you a specific message. I'm here. Be open to the other side. I'm letting you know that I'm around for special events. I'm around. I still love you. Things are good. I'm okay. You're okay. That type of thing. Now, spirits will try to communicate with you in the daytime. It's a very, very different type of communication. And because people have never learned what this is or how this works, it's very confusing to them and people have a hard time believing it until they begin to be uh, learn about it, become open to it, and relearn how your thought process works. So during the daytime, uh, spirits communicate telepathically. That's actually how they communicate on the other side. Uh, when you're astral traveling, if you run into, you know, your aunties or uncles or grandma, grandpa, whoever, a lot of times you, you will notice that you're actually communicating telepathically. That's how it works on the other side. That's how they like to communicate. And so now can people hear people physically um, during the daytime? Yes, you can. I've actually had it happen to me. It will scare the living daylights out of you, like no joke. Uh, the tone that they have to use to break the energetic barrier and the veil is a very different tone to your eardrum. And it's such a weird – if you've heard it, you will you will always know you've heard it. There's no going, did I hear that or did I not hear that? Because the tone of the voice when it comes through on a physical level, like somebody's talking to you, is so intensely strange. The tone is so intensely strange that there is, you will have never heard anything like it in your life. And so you will definitely know if you hear it with your actual eardrum. Instead of your inner ear, you hear it with your outer ear. <clears throat> I would suggest that you try not to do that because it's, I deal with spirits all the time, and it's very unnerving. Um, so I would prefer they deal with me through telepathic thoughts and inner ear because that noise is not awesome. 
So telepathically through thoughts, what happens is they will, spirits like to communicate to you through blocks of thought and put pictures in your head and put blocks of thought in your head. Now, the interesting thing about this is they think, uh, many times people will think that it's their own thought and it's not their own thought. So people will say, well, how do I tell the difference? How do I tell the difference if some spirit is trying to communicate with me? And they, you know, how do I tell if it's my thought or their thought? One of the best ways that I've explained to people that you can tell if it's trying to communicate with you is if your thoughts follow a process that leads you directly to a thought that you ended up at, so like there's a trail of thoughts that leads up to this thought, like I should go to the grocery store, oh, I forgot to get milk, well, maybe... um, that reminds me I forgot to pick up, you know, paper towels or I need to go home to, you know, like a trail of thoughts, like it leads somewhere. That is you thinking this trail of thoughts. If you are driving down the road and something random pops in your head and you're like, oh, my gosh, I better call home or I don't think I better take this route. I don't know why, but I don't think I better take this route or you're eating lunch with somebody and you're thinking out of nowhere, you're like, oh, I have to remember to do this. I have to um, stop at the store or something that just pops in your head abruptly out of nowhere that doesn't have a trail of thoughts leading up to it. That is when it's spirits trying to communicate with you through blocks of thought. A lot of times people brush those off then they find themselves feeling frustrated because they didn't take that other route. They didn't stop at the store. They didn't do whatever, and something then happened that was uneventful, uh, or, like, not uneventful, but um, something happened that was not awesome. Um, If you do listen to the blocks of thought, what happens is a lot of you'll run into somebody you've been meaning to run into. Um, You'll avoid an accident, you know, the whole nine yards of all that kind of stuff. So... They, I think that there's more stuff about this in my um, case of spirit world. Now, the the good and the bad thing about um, spirits open being talking to you telepathically is that there's several ways that you can be open, and there are negative spirits that can talk to you telepathically. So if you have a reoccurring negative thought about yourself or a situation or something that you're doing, that also you need to recognize as a spirit trying to turn you away from doing something good in your life. That literally is a whole nother show though, because that is really a long topic. So, and then somebody did address something or said something in the soulmate circle that I did want to address. And that was ringing in the ears. And I want to explain a lot of people have ringing in the ears. I can't remember the name for it right now, but um, doctors always tell them it's, it starts with a T that they have this, nobody knows what it's caused by, et cetera, et cetera. But ringing of the ears is actually a spiritual vibration thing. It's not spirits trying to communicate with you or any of that, which some people think it is. It is actually when you start raising your vibration energetically and you actually raise levels. Um, Again, this is another radio show, but as you study, learn, advance vibrationally on a spiritual level, you imagine it like a video game. You actually pass a level, then you pass a level, then you pass a level. There's actual tests that you 
have to do as you become very advanced in the spiritual realm. And it's very interesting and, and can be kind of scary and whatnot. But that's, again, a more advanced um, uh, it's a more advanced uh, raising of the vibration, more advanced spiritual stuff. When you have the ringing of the ears, usually happens during the lower process when you're when you're just learning to start raising your vibration at a higher level, and you're kind of a newbie at it, or you like you're at the lower levels and you're just starting to raise reprogram. When you raise, you will hear the ringing. As you're raising, I, I had it when I was younger, I think, for about two years. It can go on for a really long time. It can go on for a short amount of time. But the, when you have the ringing of the ears, it's actually when you're raising vibration. Your internal vibration is raising. And that's the noise that you will hear as that happens. And once you've raised, it will die down and be less and less or it will go away altogether. Last thing that I want to leave you guys with because I'm getting to the end of the show and I didn't have time for to answer questions, but I may be doing that in the Soulmate Circle. So if you're not in the Soulmate Circle, make sure you go to keystospiritworld.com or um, hawaiihealings.com. Click on the Soulmate Circle and ask for an invite because I am probably going to start doing some chat sessions in there where you can ask questions about spirit communications or just different daily things. Um, there'll be short chat sessions. And also don't forget to click on the thing that asked about getting your um, free ebook for Energetic Vampires because you will get on my email list uh, as I have some really cool things coming up. Or you can email me at Jennifer at Keys to the Spirit World and I can add you onto the list there. So until next time, stay open, enjoy, and try to keep the white noise down. And have a wonderful day. See you at there um in the soulmate circle. Okay. Aloha. Mm-hmm.